My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris. You got a cold, Chris? Oh, what? What? Did you swallow a frog? What the heck was that? Identity crisis? You, you a cough drop over there or something? I think she's dead. Was that, your, was that, was that Mooch or Chewy talking? It's Chris. <laughs> it's Chris. <laughs> That's Chris. <laughs> it's Chris. Are you coming to us from Machu Picchu or something? Calling you from Hawaii. I got a disease. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> it affected okay. my voice. Okay, the gig's up. Who is this? This is Bert. Bert. Bert and Ernie? Bert and Ernie, Bert? Hi, Bert. So, who's Bert? I don't know who Bert is. Bert uh, is... You're on the forum, right? I am, yeah. on, I am on the forum sometimes. What forum? What forum? Who's, what forum? What? There's a forum. Is this a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking right now? I think I wandered in the wrong chat room here. (laughs) Who are you people? What is a podcast? What is a podcast? What is a bird? What's a bird? What's a bird? (laughs) Well, maybe we should let Bert tell us what a bird is. All right. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. This is Bert. I'm actually uh, Phineas Nogales from the forum. Hi, Bert. And that's it. Thanks. Nice talking to you guys. Have a great night. Where where are you from, buddy? (laughs) I'm from uh, Sacramento, California. Oh, cool. So real close to uh, San Fran there, huh? That's right. Real close to San Francisco. And our friend, our other uh, – who else is out there in San Francisco? Rachel, right? Rachel, yeah. yeah. Uh, Molly's Army. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you can't tell, we obviously knew Bert was, was coming on. He's uh, stepping in for Chris who uh, – Last to know everything. Had an <laughs> okay for everyone on the podcast and Sean that didn't know we were having Bert on. <laughs> Chris couldn't make it this month. She had a little little emergency to take care of, and uh, we wish everything well there. But uh, thank you, Bert, for stepping in and uh, and being our fir- fourth uh, host here on the show. No, thank you guys, man. I wanted to be on the show for a long time. Obviously, listen to it religiously, of course. It's part of my job. So so. There's no religion on the forums. Yeah, no you religion. Keep that to minimum. Yeah, I, I listen to it. Um, I don't know what another term for religiously is, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I listen to it all the time, guys. We do love to be worshipped, not going to lie. All right. Before this podcast gets completely derailed. <laughs> what episode are we on, Jamie? We are on episode 32, and today we are talking about the warlock, so there will we're, be spoilers. We're yes, we're allowed. We're allowed to talk about the warlock? We are. Jeff, this, this podcast early? is older than you. This early? Come on. No, it's the same age as me, actually. I was trying to give you a little credit. <laughs> the warlock's out? The warlock's out. Have you read the warlock, warlock part? <laughs> we can talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, Bert, by the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> I thought this was like the necromancer. I thought we were doing like necromancer talk here. I'm like, I have, I have notes and everything. So, Awesome. 
Well, you can so, talk about the necromancer. It might yeah. mesh. You never know. Someone will be. It's all right. Yeah. Just cut. Just cut all my necromancer talk out, Jamie. So we usually don't end up talking about the subject anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Pretty much. Go. Yeah. We usually just start talking about how Marethi is Josh, and then that's it. <laughs> that's all we talk about for forty-five minutes. News. Some. I stress the word some. Some. Yes. Um. We do actually have a forum. And it's completely open, Yay. so you can post anywhere and anything within reason. But yes, yes. The, spo- the spoiler ban is well, not anywhere. I mean, obviously, you know, there's some places they can't post, but <laughs> well, is that, I guess that was that would fall into the within within reason part, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, sorry. And um, there was a book that came out Morning. called The Warlock, and it was on the bestseller list. It premiered there, I believe. <laughs> USA Today and New York yeah. Times. It did. You know, it, it, it's on the uh, – it debuted on the New York Times uh, list in the children's uh, series category. Obviously, the Warlock Cells pushed the entire series up the list all the way up to number two. Which was fantastic. And individually, the book was on the USA Today uh, bestseller list as well. So congratulations to Michael on that. Very, very cool. Huge congratulations. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well-deserved. Yep. News. More news. We also got a little uh, – there's a post on Facebook that uh, – the the Face Space book that Michael posted saying that the Enchantress appears in May 2012, but there may be a little surprise in the meantime. Hmm. So we can speculate. Speculation. But about. meantime, that's like a year. That's a lot of time well, to me. It move. is. It is. But, I mean, you remember uh, halfway through – the year or halfway through the span between books last year is when we got the little uh, Joan of Arc ebook. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's another short story. Maybe. So we can a hope. Short story about how he first met Scatty. Okay. My, how Michael, Michael. How Michael first met Scatty. Michael. Fit. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> emails. Yay. All right, Bert. This hey, is Bert. so long. Bert gets to read the very long email. Very we can only speak when there's now. orange. We haze. We like to haze on awakenings. That's okay. So just say point to me and say go, and I'm good. No. I can't point at you. It's the radio. <laughs> a radio? We're on yeah. the radio. We're broadcasting on all channels. Yep. On the awesome. radio. Over. All right. Emails. Emails. So we have an email sent here from Henry. And let's see here. He says, hey, guys, I love your podcast, and I and am always eager for the next one to come out. So about the Warlock, I was a little disappointed that we didn't learn anything about Ether. I was looking forward to hearing more about it. One thing that confused me a little is that if Mars wanted to kill D, couldn't he have just made Josh do it? Mars controlled Josh, and it seems like it would be a lot easier for someone with Josh's powerful aura to kill D especially if D wasn't expecting Josh to kill him. Also, why didn't Scatty recognize that Marethu is Josh? From the description of Marethu, it doesn't sound like he looks that much different from Josh. One last thing I'd like to note about the book is the shininess of the cover. Is that a word? I'm a little OCD about certain things, and it's going to drive me crazy that the first four books have a quote-unquote plain covers, then the fifth and maybe the sixth books have a weird golden shiny cover on them. Again, love your podcast, and I hope you guys read this, Henry. P.S. Sorry if the email is too long. I often type really long messages. 
You already complained a few episodes back about the length of my QOM answer. Well, now we're going to complain about the length of your email, Henry. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really that long. No, it's no, it wasn't bad. First of all, shininess, awesome word. Yes, right. Shiny. Shiny. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I can appreciate a Firefly reference even if it wasn't one. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, obviously I'm going to jump to the Josh Morethew issue. Of course you are. Um, he was wearing a hood. As, as I pointed out on the forum, Scatty <laughs> never sees jo- uh, Morethew's face inside of the Warlock. Every time that they see him, he's got the, the, the cloak over his nose, you know, the mask over his the bottom half he's of his face. He's got, like, face. a bandana and a hood clo- on. <clears throat> and when she sees him uh, in the Vimana, at the end, she walks up to the to the side of the craft, and his hand his, – his, his face is in his hand and his hook, crying. So she doesn't even see his face then. So at no point in the Warlock has anyone besides Aten and, you know, the Ampu – seen Marethew's face. Agreed. Just throwing that out there. Yep. But uh, as well on the uh, – this is what I think about the Mars-Josh uh, killing D thing. You know, uh, D did the simple snap of his fingers deal and got Nick and Perry out of his head. So he may have just been able to do the same thing when Mars was trying to control him. Well, and I think there would have to be an element of free will there as well. I think Josh would have had to wanted to do it because he kind of like wanted to. He kind of had that suggestion in his head that he wanted to drive. You know, and he kind of thought it was. He wanted to get away. Yeah. He wanted to get away. Yeah. So my, my my thought on that too was the. I mean, if Mars really wanted to kill D, I don't think he just wants D dead. I think he wants to kill D. There's a difference. That's true. Gotcha. And, right, you know, yeah. he's not going to let Josh do it. He's going to get his hands on D, and he's going to do it. Sure. The man is that angry. Makes sense. Not going to lie. I also don't think it's that simple either. I don't think it's just that, uh, you know, like uh, he's like a puppet master controlling him. I think it's more, um, you know, I don't think he's necessarily controlling him as much as he is able to kind of push him in a certain direction. But like Jamie said, I mean, I think he still has free will. As for the last thing, the shininess of the cover, that took me back a little yeah. bit when I first saw the book. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, it's shiny. This is weird. But then it kind of grew on me after a while. So, I don't know, it's kind of like a photograph for a cover. Right. Well, and you know, kind of the, the if you look at that, kind of like how the series uh, views aura callers, I mean, the gold and silver are supposed to be the brightest, purest colors there are, and we know that, or, you know, we're we're fairly certain that the enchantress is going to be silver. So, you he know, he those two gold and silver should be a little different than the others because they're more of a pure, stronger aura. So, if you wanted to look at the book cover colors, aura like, um, I can see why they did the shininess on the gold and possibly on the silver. I mean, he wasn't really complaining about it other than the fact that it's going to bug them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at it, it looks like a different series starts because it kind of changes the, the – It jumps course. off the shelf. Sure. Yeah. And they they do leave fingerprints like crazy. I haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> what? You haven't yeah, read yeah. the book? <laughs> V-O-I-S-M-A-L-S. Why do they say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Answering machine calls. <laughs> <laughs> Because we you have an answer, have machine, an like answer tape. machine. It's like turn tape over. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the mini tapes. Like, oh man, I, learned, I ran out of tape. I forgot to turn the tape over. Dang it! I actually I mean, remember this. Calls that. I got. 
All right, let's listen to these voicemails we got. We we got a few of them this month, huh? Yes, we got four. Are these left over from uh, when the yeah, probably... news took us over? Yeah, this is probably two months worth, right? It, it is two months worth, but I think a couple of them came after AK News took over the podcast last month. We apologize oh, for okay. that. Guy Friday, man, that guy. I don't know what to do with him. Uh-huh. So our first voicemail is from Death Map Killer. Hey guys, Matt here, or Death Matt Killer on the forums. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about the Warlock in this podcast, then pay attention to this podcast if, if this voicemail, but if not, I'll send another one in with non-Warlock related spoilers. So, just one question I had to get your guys' theories, I've talked about this on the forums a little bit, is seeing that Josh and Sophie went to the Shadow Realm with uh, Dee in Virginia, and when they saw their parents, Cyrus and Osiris, they recognized them in real time. But, and this is supposed to be on Daniel Talus, which is like, you know, back X amount of thousands of years ago. And, but when, when Skadek was talking to her uncle, and she was like, oh my god, uncle, he's like, who are you? Because she wasn't born yet. So that, that makes me confused that how do you think I know Cyrus already know Josh and Sophie in modern times as like as their uh, children? With do you think this has to mean that they're in a shadow realm and not really in Donutalis, or somehow Josh and Sophie were born in Donutalis time, which would make them you know the original twins and all the other tangents? But yeah, whatever your guys' theories are, and uh, you have the good work. Yeah, that's I got a theory. That's interesting. That is an interesting um, question. My theory is that Isis and Osiris don't have a straightforward timeline like other people do. They sort of are a separate. They kind of live outside of time. I would agree with that. So while right. we see them, because we, we're told that Isis and Osiris like rule everything. They're the uber gods, as it were. So they kind of exist outside of time. So they are back 10,000 years ago from, you know, present day on Danutalis. And that Isis and Osiris are still the present day Isis and Osiris, just like Josh and Sophie are the present day Josh and Sophie. Indeed. They just are. They just not, are. There's not, yeah, there, there not isn't different. a younger version. Yeah. They just I think are. they have the they're ability like to travel back and forth through time. It's very interesting, though, because they specifically talk about making mirror shadow realms of Daniel Tallis mm-hmm. earlier in the book. They so specifically you never really talk know about where it. they are. Yeah. They, so they very well could be in a shadow realm and not actually back in the same time that, like, Marethu and the, and the other ones are. They could just be in a shadow realm at this point. Uh, they've already uh, pulled the not really in the past card. It's true. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. It's true. But it is possible. Then again, we've also seen D only use the swords to make a legate to another place, not another time. So. Right. Yeah. It's like, I know. And he says that now he realizes what they were, what the swords actually are capable of, you know, in the Necromancer when they kind of took him over. He he realized what they were and what they were capable of. And he just, you know, he says where he wants to go and it takes him there. So, you know, I guess he could have said, you know, Dan and Tallis 10,000 years ago, you know, in his head or whatever, and that's where the portal took. But it, even though they've, even though we've already seen the you're not really in the past Shadow Realm thing, 
it's quite possible because Isis and Osiris specifically talk about trying to remake Danutalis in other Shadow Realms. Mm-hmm. Right, because that was remember when Otten was Otten was the one that says that, right? So he says that in the Warlock when he's talking specifically about when I think it's him and uh, Mirethu are talking about uh, what's going on, and you know, and he specifically says something about Isis and Osiris being off, trying to create other Shadow Realms and how powerful they are and and, and things like that. So, or maybe it's Anubis that he's talking to, but yeah. So it's completely possible, Matt, that. Uh... That they're just in a shadow realm that I, that Isis and Osiris created, but I, I'm kind of in agreement with Sean um, and Jamie that you know they they just kind of are they don't have they're they're not restricted to the you know past version future version uh, problem everyone else is they're just one entity across time. So does maybe? that? So do you think that makes them Jeff? Like, do you think then that makes them more similar to maybe a I don't know, maybe Abraham's a bad example, but maybe like Kronos or something like that, where they can kind of bounce around and just live outside, or are they something different altogether then? I don't know. I mean, it could be like, um, see, even with Kronos, he's got a, you know, a past and a present and a a future and all that too. It could be that they have like, like all versions of Isis and Osiris share like collective knowledge, maybe. I don't know. They're the Borg. Talking out my rear end here. Yeah. Borg. They have exactly a collective, right. across time, they have a collective. Uh, they have conscience. a collective. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry. But I just, I, you know, I'm just kind of talking out my butt. I have no idea. I just made that up. Or I didn't just make it up. Yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's possible. It is, it is possible. It's... All right. Let's uh, more voice. Yeah, let's hear his second voicemail. That's spoiler free. Oh, another one yeah. from Matt. Cool. Yes, Matt. Yes, Matt. Hey, uh, just calling back again. This is Matt. Our Death Matt on forums. This is my non Warlock spoiler calling, and uh, I'm just curious. Uh, I remember Sasha asked last week, and you guys were all like, "Woo!" Good question. Um, I have a question. Some of that. If you could have any creature enter the series. I mean, like, an actual mythological creature from history that has not yet been mentioned or has actually been, like, fought in the series. And don't regard the ones on Alcatraz. Like, if if they are in Alcatraz, why would you want to see them? And, like, if they did, what would you want them to do and stuff? And uh, also, if you could see any musician in the series, uh, who would it be? Like, they could, they could still be alive, but if you'd want them to make an interaction in the stories, who would it be? All right, thanks, guys. So, so he's asking what creature, yeah. what creature we'd like to see that we haven't seen yeah, in, the, in, in the series yet. I'm, I, I'm, I'm all about uh, dragon. Well, it's kind of mentioned. Oh, it's, uh, and and Ben Satan. Yeah, no, no, no Ben Satan rides Nidhog a pink a... dragon. That's true. All right. Well, okay. I guess you're right. We did see the dragon with uh, with Nitin's elder there riding one. So. That's all I got right now. <laughs> what about like a unicorn or a Pegasus or something? I don't know. That might be too uh, fanciful Pegasus for maybe? this series. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Abominable snowman. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Uh, yes, it's Sasquatch. What do you got, Sean? I got nothing. I got nothing. Wow. Kookiebus. Let's see. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. There you go. Loch Ness monster. Loch Ness monster. That's a good one. Ah, uh, Nessie. Perfect. I, awesome. I think I think that is more. That, that's more like what Nid Nidhog was, though. Nidhog. Loch Ness monster. Yeah, dinosaur. in the water. 
if you go to the following Flamel section on the forum, part in the magician one where the Nidhogg is, and Michael actually says the Nidhogg looked like this kind of a creature. And I've got I show a picture of the bones of of that dinosaur creature that he said the Nidhogg looks like, and it's a sea creature. It's got fins, or flappers, let's say, flippers. So that's why I said the Nidhogg is more like a a Loch Ness kind of thing, sense. not not like a big long neck, obviously, but but yeah. Like so, Godzilla. Godzilla. Anyway, um, <laughs> Godzilla. It's Godzilla. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, magi- musicians? Was it musicians he asked about? John Lennon. That's a good John one. John Lennon. Oh, That's yeah. an easy Elvis. one. That's a good one. That'd be That's an easy one. Elvis. Uh, uh, yeah, of course, Jim Morrison, you know, because you know, I just did the, the Light My Fire <laughs> spook. So we got to say Jim Morrison. Oh, what about the Count Saint Germain? I mean, that was a famous musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's already in the series. Last time I checked. Wait, he is? Ooh. <laughs> Let's go with some some more. Uh, you say we got four voices. Yep, two more. Two more. Are they, are they all from no, Death Man Killer? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we have more Just than one fan. <laughs> no way. No way. Huh. They don't know what I got. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> the next one is from Sasha. Hello, this is Sasha once again. I decided to take you guys up on your offer and ask you a question I've just been kind of curious about. If you could choose one elemental magic and one of the four swords of power, which one would it be? Thank you. Keep making awesome podcasts. Wait, what was the question? Um, you can choose one one Excalibur. elemental magic and one sword. Which ones would you pick? Oh. Mm. So I would go fire and probably Excalibur because of my fangirl liking of King Arthur. Squeeze! I would go. I think I would go with air because flying is cool. Because you're full of hot air. Because <laughs> I'm full of hot air. And um, obviously, I'm not going to choose Clarant because. That thing's evil. And Durandal. Just to be different. Just to be different, because I'm weird like that. Sounds good. If it were me, I would choose water. I tend to lean towards aether, but time, messing with time and all that could be a little dangerous. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with water, and I'm going to agree with Sean. you got to pick Excalibur. I mean, that's the coolest sword there. I mean, it's the most well-known one. Plus, you know, ice water complements itself. So, Bert. 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 I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Aether just because I I definitely want to mess with time. And you really want to get? <laughs> I think that that's exactly right. No, I think that would be cool. I think uh, out of all the stuff and as crazy as it is, I think that's probably the most fun. Plus, you get to see more stuff. So, and then uh, I don't know. It's tough. I, I'd probably go with uh, same as Jeff. Probably Durandal just because it was uh, Excalibur's cool too. But everybody picks Excalibur. Chicks take Excalibur. I'd rather go with Durandal. <laughs> Sean's a chick. <laughs> I am. No, Durandal's cool, man. You had all kinds of cool people carry it, and uh, and you know it's uh, one of those things I'd like to learn more about that sword from Charlemagne on down. So I don't know. I think it would be cool. Joyous is just too hard to pronounce. Yep. Yeah, Joyous is no fun. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Hi, you. I would use ether and apply it to a blue police. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. All right. We got one more voicemail. Yay. 
Jeez. Scathic um, 24. Hi. My name is Ariana. And I was wondering, just out of pure undying curiosity, if you had ever bumped into anybody on the street that resembled one of the characters. I don't know. It's just a weird, kind of curious question. Well, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> There's this cool checkout point. lady at the grocery store that looks kind of like Nidhogg. Okay. I um, absolutely bumped into Gilgamesh, like, down on, like, First Street in Sacramento today. Absolutely saw that really? guy down That's there. That's awesome. I bet where you live, Bert, I bet you could find every character in the entire oh, series. That's right. Including the about, characters. About, four, about 45, 45, right, 45 minutes away, you go into San Francisco, and every yeah, single yeah. one of these people is there. Looks Mars, like Gilgamesh. <laughs> Bastet, ba- Bastet hangs out down in the hate. So I mean, it's all. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen anyone from the series out, but there's a guy that waiters at my Cracker Barrel that is Sean's <laughs> twin. Yes. And I've not worked up enough nerve to ask the guy to let me take his picture yet. How but do you know some... I work at the Cracker Barrel in West Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I'm going to ask the guy to let me take his picture. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody see. He looks just like Sean. You aren't the first person to tell me that I have a twin out there somewhere. I don't. I Sean's don't. Sean's like a person. Cylon. He's got multiple <laughs> copies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's scary. Yeah, I can't say that there. I know, or I've seen anyone that looks like anyone from the series. But I do work with a guy that looks like Einstein, and he he did have a mention, didn't he, in the Warlock? So, I guess that counts. Yeah, there's some <laughs> some. He's got yeah, like the crazy yeah. white hair. Does he have a stick his tongue? No, he doesn't. And I mean, Jeff lives in the South, so he probably sees Billy the Kid all the time because rednecks all look alike. <laughs> I don't, I don't see him, but I definitely hear him. <laughs> right. I hear him every time I listen to the podcast. Actually, <laughs> gee, I wonder who that could be. Jamie, no idea. Yes, it's me. I'm busted. I sound like, like Billy you, the Kid. You sound like a Southern redneck. Gunslinger. Clearly. I did see a bumper sticker the other day that says everything's better in West Virginia. So it is. I thought I thought of you, Jeff. So that's why do you think I have a job? At Cracker <laughs> that's right. In California, there's a West Virginia bumper there sticker. Is. That's that's awesome. <laughs> and what the the best part was, it's like in the middle of nowhere. So we had a poll this month. Like we do every month. Every month. Which new character do you like best? Is I mean Abraham won about thirty eight percent of the vote. Um, That's not an overwhelming win. Uh, Aten had like 28%, and Anubis in Hell had 15 That's pretty close. I think that's probably the closest poll uh, we've had. Yeah. I I cast my vote for Aten. Um, yeah, I did. For like the one scene with a, with his, with his Anubis when he was like, I will push you off of this roof. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, pretty You're going to like it. That was awesome. I had to go with Anubis because I kind of predicted that one, I believe. Yeah. Oh, did you? Well, yeah. When you when you no, I listed off four, and two of them were and two of them were mentioned. <laughs> so I was I fifty percent's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I said a ten too because that I mean his whole scene with with uh, Marethi was hilarious. The my, my favorite part of the whole thing with, with that scene was uh <laughs> Aten saying uh no 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 that was yeah the, but with Aten's part of that whole scene when he says 
I really like that floor. <laughs> he just rolls in and destroys this beautiful floor. Like, he's like, oh, man. I like that. Uh, so we had a qualm as well. Yes, we did. Uh, yes. What is your favorite scene from The Warlock? Yeah, I can tell we, pr- we got a lot of responses on yep, this one, right? Yeah, we did. Why don't you read the uh, first one, Jeff? I'll get right on it. Thank get you. Right it. I appreciate it. All right. The first response is from uh, Loki, and he's in Asgard. Wonder if and, he creates uh, a lot of mischief. I bet he does. Could be. Uh, his response is Sagagalaga Laga Arherm and Agnes <laughs> pulling Mars's ear and the, and the barbecue of the elders. Uh, enemies all sitting together eating hamburgers and sausages, all friendly. That's a very it weird was. scene. It was hilarious. It was, it was very, very funny when you sit back and think about what was happening and everything. It was very hilarious. And then uh, Naten comes out with sushi rolls. <laughs> that's that's a fun. That was awesome. <laughs> that was the best part of that. All right, next one is from Sasha, from San Anselmo, California. So she's hanging out near uh, Birdie over there, near right. Old Mill Valley Shadow Realm. Uh, her response is, I really like the part when Billy yelled, we should release the Kraken. Gotta love the Kraken. <laughs> and how <laughs> they that big. The Kraken. <laughs> Tiny little yeah, guy. Tiny guy. Hey, you know. When they talked about the Kraken, though. I like size. that part a lot, too, though. I do like that part a lot. I like the later the later version of that when Billy kind of mutters under his breath, like, you know, don't ask him about the Kraken or something like that. Or we, they, yeah, bro, you know, the Kraken, yeah. isn't that cool? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, I mean, who didn't, who hasn't watched, you know, the release the Kraken after the Titans? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. The remake, not so much, but no. the original was great. But yeah, Next. sorry. Next is Birdie Bots, Every Flavor Beans. Is from Ariana. Ariana is, uh, she's, her location is Rainbow Happy Happy Face Star. That's, That's an amazing location. That <laughs> That's a great location. She's I think it's in San Francisco. I think she's out here near San Francisco. So, um, she she likes when hell ate the burger with her tongue. It seemed like something I would do. Dot 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 dot. You don't know what I got. Nice. <laughs> you don't know what I got. I'm surprised, Jamie. You didn't have me reading that one. Yeah. Me too. That's because she doesn't pre-read them. She just yeah, randomly, randomly assigns. <laughs> she just randomly. Look at the draw, buddy. Look at the draw. <laughs> Our next response is from Thalia in SC, which I'm guessing oh, is South Carolina. South Carolina. South, <laughs> no, South Carolina. And her response Sean. is part where Abraham talks to Scatty about her having to go and save Aoife. I love that. And I liked how he put that. I could fill a library with your adventures and another with your mistakes. I really hope Michael does a spinoff series on her. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that recent uh, Barnes & Noble interview with Michael, he mentions the uh, the possibility of the Scaddy series. So, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Absolutely. We will have more to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> sure. Uh, next response is from Naomi from uh, Marion County. And or Marin County, Marin, and, Marin, uh, Mar- Marin, Marin County. Go. There we go. I'll get it sometime. You know my. Yeah. You, know. you don't know what you got. You don't know. What you got. I, I don't know what I got. 
when D got seasick, it was funny. Happy face. Yeah, that that was that was pretty funny. You know, he's just hurling over the edge of the sea, over the sea, near the edge of the, the edge of the sea. Yeah, I really like that part because he's like, "I hate you guys," and it made me think of you guys on the podcast because I say that to you all the time. <laughs> they're like, you, they're like point laughing. I hate, I hate you guys. Point and I mean that with the most of love. They're like, <laughs> it's funny because he's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alrighty. That's what Josh was thinking. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Someone please cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is exciting. Our next one is from Sloan from Canada. His response Shit. is, "My favorite part were a lot of the elders, some immortals, and Sophie and Sagaga la 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 la, were all sitting around like they were one big happy family." Yeah, that's the the barbecue yep. scene, right? Yeah, same one. Yep. Come and knock on our door. Sagaga waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> one big happy yep. family. There's the song. There's the spoof. Next month's spoof. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That would be enough. All right. Next, uh, we have uh, Abby, and she is uh, floating somewhere in New York, it looks like. So, uh, hopefully not in the Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> be hard, kind of hard to write this, I guess. My favorite scene is the last we see of Scatok, Joan, Palamides, Shakespeare, and Germain. I love the part where Abraham talks to each of them, more specifically to Scatty. I think it was amazing how well he understood her and his gift to her was amazing. I hope we find out what the second half of that gift is in the end of the series. It was amazing. Yes, absolutely. That was pretty cool. That that, that was pretty cool. I, I just yeah. in reading that just now again, I think that was awesome. That, that whole scene yeah. where kind of separates her just because she is kind of one of those central characters that everyone just absolutely right. loves. So. You know, and I kind of throw this out there. I threw it out there on the on the forum. I wonder if, you know, Palamedes has the traveling through Shadow Realms mm-hmm. ability. I wonder if his his ability to do that, could, that help her get, could help her get to Coatlicue's uh, prison Shadow Realm to get into it. Just, just a thought. Maybe maybe right. one of those multiple Shadow Realms up the Pyramid of Danutalis is one of the shadow entrances to Coatlicue's Shadow Realm. Just, sure. I don't know, just thought I'd throw out there. Anyways, crazy ideas. Crazy! Crazy ideas! Our next response is from Julie from Texas, and she says, I really enjoyed the part where Marathu showed some emotion over having to destroy Danutalis. Yeah, that's the part I was talking about earlier where Scatty didn't actually see his face because he was crying over the death of the sissy. Do you know where Andrew S. from Flying of the Mana over Danutalis is? Um, His response is, My favorite scene in The Warlock was when Aten was talking to Anubis in the Garden of the Moon. I like learning more about Aten, and we learned that he was basically the leader of Danutalis. We got to see what Aten was like, and we got to see Anubis. I thought it was particularly cool when Aten held Nubus over the edge of the pyramid and threatened to drop him. <laughs> but it did make me wonder who their other brother was. Dun, dun, dun. Larry. Their other brother yeah, was we Larry. Don't, we don't know what they got. Wasn't it Mark? Whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was what I was talking about earlier when Aten was holding Anubis yep. over the... He's like, I'm going to drop you. 
Our next QOM is from Aria on the Space Coast. Florida. Space Coast? Space Coast. Space, space, space Coast. Coast to Coast. Awesome. Love Space Coast. <laughs> She's on the Space Coast. And her oh, response is, when Prometheus dives the Rukuma Vimana into the lake to get the Megalodons to jump out of the water and hit the other That Vimanas. was my favorite part, was that whole chase scene. Love it. Yeah, I was kind of like, during that, I was like, why is a flying spaceship underwater now like a submarine? And it didn't really kind of click with me very well, actually, boat. until... Yeah, until until you know he comes out and the megalodon that, chasing yeah. and stuff. But I was like, what? I was like, what's going on? Why are, what are they doing underwater? What that whole underwater? bit kind of reminded me. It felt very Han Solo-ish, like in the Millennium Falcon being chased by Tie Fighters and stuff. I don't know. It had that feel to it. Oh yeah, sure. Yep. Next sure. we have uh, what do we have next here? We have Alexander. Uh, he's in the Pine Forest Shadow Realm. I'm not really sure where the Pine Forest Shadow Room is, though. That's kind of cool. That's up here in the Big Lake. So uh, let's see. In his favorite, uh, his favorite was in the Metal Metal Shadow Room where Odin meets Hell. Yeah. Now, I had a hard time visualizing that, Hell. Uh, when I picture think of Hell, I picture the girl from the Ring movies, where she yes, climbs exactly. up. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly, That's exactly who I see. Yeah. yeah, so I visualized her very well, actually. <laughs> when I pictured that girl. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's Hill. Yep, she looks like Hill. No. I was a little disappointed with that, actually. I was a little disappointed in, in just in general. I, I Odin, although now it kind of makes sense, but, but Odin was kind of like, uh, you know, I always pictured Odin was going to be a little bit more, you know, and then uh, you, know, you start to get that in between him and Hell, and it's also not a very right. nice place to be in that shadow realm, so... Now, it never really said whose Shadow Realm it was, does it? Right. No, it doesn't. It just says it a says- metal Shadow Realm. It doesn't say that's the one where the little, where the you know, the puny Yggdrasil was or anything no, like that. No, I don't that. think so, it's Odin's right. Shadow Realm. Uh, no, I don't think it is either. But it doesn't say that. And um, it doesn't say that it's hell. either. It seems either, like it was a transition yeah. Shadow Realm. Like he was on his yeah. way to the Earth's Shadow and Realm kinda, and he was passing yeah. through this one. Yeah. And they met kind of like their their paths yeah. converged in the room. But I tell you what, Odin's staff yeah. was cool. That yeah, whole scene thing. really made me wish I could draw because I could just picture it so clearly in my head, like this dripping girl climbing out of a pond, kind of, and Odin standing there with the big cloak and the staff, like you said, very clear. Very Jurassic Park on that staff, by the way. Kind of made me think of like Jurassic Park and the stuff inside the the you know the little yeah it, yeah Amber. absolutely oh yeah yeah absolutely. there you go Amber um, the uh, the the when he started talking about how the sky was actually like a metal dome uh, yeah. for some reason I thought of um, um, biodome oh it jumped out. no when uh, the metal the metal dome ceiling in the shadow realm it reminded me of uh, the Truman, the Truman Show. Show. Oh, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because the sky right. there was actually is actually like this big yeah. new dome building, but but the metal like sand floor was was kind of weird. And Anyways. our last QOM is from Cedar Girl, and she says her location is: if I want to give somebody a challenge, I tell them to try and find my town on a map. You should tell us what town that is, and we will try to find it on one podcast. Find <laughs> Let's find everything. everything. And her response is rather long. Oh gosh, how could I pick just one? 
I thought everything with Billy and Mock was great. Best parts. I especially liked, for want of a better word, the part where they were summoning the Lotin and Dee went severely crazy. For me, it, it was a marked turning point for Josh especially and for Mock and Billy because all three pick sides. We know for sure that Mock and Billy are on the side of the Humani and that Josh is essentially on whatever side Destruction and Dare is on. I also like that we got to hear more about Dare's background. I thought the Viminas were cool and it was actually pretty funny because I think I might have seen one less than a week ago before the book came out. And when I read the description of the one Prometheus drove, I was like, hey, I've seen this before. LOL. Thanks, guys, for the podcast. Saw you. Cool. Take a picture next time. Send us. Very cool. Absolutely. I'm guessing he saw it in like a book or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was on TV. Our responses, huh? (laughs) I have a tough – I've got a a tough time deciding between two moments. The first one, which I think is is winning, is when uh, Marethi's brought in to see Aten and he's wrapped in chains. And Aten's like, those are completely useless, aren't they? He's like, pretty much, and the changes sort of dissolve. I thought they that were, was fantastic. They they were stone, uh, like the swords. They were stone chains, too. And he just, like, basically was like, yeah, no, these aren't doing anything. Yeah. And they were gone. Yeah. And now I can't remember what the second one was that I was thinking of. <laughs> well, that's that's actually, that whole scene with uh, Marethu and Aten, not just the part where, I mean, that was pretty cool. Where he just you know dissolved the chains and stuff, but then when he, uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, when he uh, tore the floor up and everything, I mean he's just so powerful. But that whole scene with Mareth uh, Ten was just just my absolute favorite part of the end of the whole book. I liked. Um, I think I have like I've kind of like Sean a little bit. I have two, but I kind of remember both. <laughs> I have the the, <laughs> the uh, I love just for. Just for the uh, visual purposes, kind of like what Jamie was saying, being able to visualize just the whole part right there in the beginning when we're talking about Daniel Tallis. And, you know, for a long time, we, we went back and forth on the forum. When did it happen? When did it exist? How big was it before we actually found that stuff out? And just to kind of get Michael just puts it out there and tells you exactly what it looks like. And he describes Marius and the time before time. I thought that was awesome. I mean, I just and then ends it with the whole you know, the crystal spire being the home of Abraham, the mage. I thought that was awesome. My favorite scene at the end, what has to be at the end. I mean, the whole book for me, the whole, all the whole series, you know, is I love all the characters, but I love Flamel. I mean, I just love, I loved him from the beginning and he kind of has decreased and decreased all the way to the, to this book where he's kind of like almost a forgotten character. And it's almost like Michael throws it right there in the end when it's his magic just kind of, takes the low tan down back down to the egg i thought that was so cool because it just kind of remembers like you know he is pretty cool you know what i mean so he's, he, it's his series yeah yeah he's cool yeah. I remember <laughs> what was the other moment, moment the other moment it's more of just a moment when they're all being put in the the volcano prison and scatty gets put in first <laughs> and then the lowers yeah. down and jermaine gets out and waves at Scatty. Waves. He's just like, that. I, he was just so like yeah. nonchalant. I, I, He's I, like, what's up? That might have been the only time I actually like laughed out loud while I was reading the book. Yeah. It was just like, I pictured, he like jumps off the Vermont and he's like, yeah, I'm going. Then he looks down and goes, hey, I'm up here. Are you okay? Okay. Right. See, now I kind of well, took the wave as a, I kind of took the wave as a, hey, how are you going to get us out of here? Yeah. 
Right, That's me too. Of... But it was just, hey. it's just I pictured it as a hi. Yeah. <laughs> just it. And it, I cracked. I had a couple of favorite scenes. I had a hard time picking one of them. Like I said before, was the Viminous chase scene with Prometheus. I think my, one of the other ones for me was actually Virginia Dare teaching Josh air magic. I thought that was really neat. And I think it it was interesting to see a different aspect of the magic teaching, not the same thing again. And you could tell Michael kind of had fun with it, with the whole, you know, um, was it close encounters whistling as his trigger ta- as his trigger or whatever and so i thought that was a lot of fun yeah the, tr- the so yeah, i really like that, that scene cool. and i like the scene on the boat where d gets seasick that was kind of funny but yeah there was a lot of just great moments whole... in this book there was a lot of great moments in the book that scene with dare was pretty cool actually though i mean when you think about it kind of breaking it down a little bit it was cool because you kind of get the whole idea that it's all about her flute. Every once in a while, she throws stuff out there. And Josh learning, you know, that he can fly and do all those things. And what kind of gets lost in that a little bit almost that, you know, Michael kind of throws out there was just the fact that, you know, Dare is the one teaching him this. And she actually is way more powerful, kind of almost like Perry was in the beginning of the book where you don't really know until t- later on how powerful she is. You're starting to get this feeling like Dare's pretty powerful. It's way beyond the, just the flute, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. But one thing that I did know that really knows about this book is what stood out to me a lot is that the characters really kind of – all the characters are just so individualized in this book and, and kind of they're all really taking on their own presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. <laughs> no, I mean I really, really – I mean if you go back and look through the series, I mean yeah, everything's kind of – you know, there's there's exuberant characters and things like that, but you know, at the same time, they're not jump off the page at you. You know, with right. their own personalities and their own, um, you know, way they do things and speak and and what they're doing and stuff. I mean, but in this book, it almost like jumped it up a whole another level notch of uh, of individualizing each of the characters and um, each of them having their own really their own voice in my in my head at least yeah they were less um, entities yeah, I was fantastic fantastic yeah yeah fantastic character development in uh in this in this and that was the best part i mean i would oh, say ahead, in Jamie. general he just completely outdid himself with this book like it was for me it was by far the best book just description wise character wise action wise like everything that went on in this yeah. book i think he far exceeded my expectations yeah yeah, I no, agree. I agree with that. I like what what you said too, Jeff. Because when I was thinking about what's my favorite character, I mean, I have a lot of favorite characters from the book. And as I thought about it, I kind of thought what you did. It wasn't just one character. It was kind of how we've learned about Mars, and we learned a little about Prometheus, and he gave us backstories on even guys like Josh and so on and so forth. But in this book, they become so much. They grow so much in this book. You learn so much more about not only them. But you learn about their relationships with each other from Mars to Prometheus and, you know, even Nitten and Aoife a little bit. And Josh and Sophie have this whole thing where they're separating, but this relationship tie. So you learn so much about it. It was incredible. It made it. That's yeah, made you kind of get to see how tightly Absolutely. wound everything is. For a while, it just kind of seemed like, whoa, they're random. Where did they come from? But now it's all kind of coming together and weaving. You're kind of seeing the pattern of the spider web, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
That's why that barbecue scene I thought was pretty yeah. cool. You know, even though, even though it was kind of funny and a little odd, it was, it fit. I mean, it was it fit. Everyone was kind of out before the battle, but they did all kind of come together. So I thought that was. Yeah, absolutely. So what were the most surprising scenes for you guys? I think I know a couple of them. Other, but... other, than, <laughs> other than the, than the obvious. obvious. What is the obvious, Sean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me ask Chris. Um, I think what, what kind of caught me by, by surprise was when Sophie was learning, I guess at this point you can't even really call it earth magic because the way – to, uh, to um, Agnes, the way I'm not going to try to say her real Sagaga, name. Sagagaladida. Sagagaladida. That's it. Shakalaka. Shakalaka. So when when Agnes is teaching her Earth magic, she pretty much says, "Oh, by the way, there's no such thing as elemental magic. It's just magic, right? It's, it's, it's just, just what magic. you can imagine. If you understand that it exists, you can do it with your aura, right? Now." That kind of raised a question to me, though, because if that's true, then, you know, what? Obviously, the the most imaginative person so far in the series that we've seen is is um is Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and you know, with his vast imagination and things that he has done, uh, in the series with his imagination and his aura, why hasn't you know, he kind of discovered that? You know, maybe he has and just hasn't said anything. Well, he's not. He's not an element user. Yeah. He's an imagination. No, that's but, what I mean. But that's he my, has like the point. like based on what Aunt Agnes said about how magic works. He, he has that life. that essence. The because she said it's rooted in imagination. It's rooted in thought and what you what you envision. Yeah. So, I mean, he conjured up creatures. I mean, he he created life essentially. Yeah, and that's why oh. that's what kind of it, it sparked in my head. I'm like, well, you know, if it's just imagination, and but it could and be one that, of those if he never really sought to learn the elements then but there but we're just you just said there is no but, no but There's he might not magic. have realized he could do all the elements if he never yeah. really tried sure yeah just... I, I i guess but I, I would i would assume in his vast imagination and anything that he, he that obviously he's been he's done in the series with you know what he's done with his aura with creating animals and stuff you know i i just think that he would have he would have he would have figured that out uh, you know, it goes back to the whole thing of who has magic and who doesn't have magic. You know, we, we talk about the parry with uh, the, 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 the fog. The power. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about parry and the, the, the stinky fog that she sent uh, with the flies and stuff. I mean, you know, we argued that that maybe was air magic. And, you know, it, it's just she imagined it. She thought about, you know, the, 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 um, what does she think? Garbage. <laughs> the, the garbage. Yeah, yeah, the dump. The, the garbage dump. She thought about what that smells like and everything. So she was using her imagination to create create this smell in this cloud or the flies away. But really, if what if what um, Shakalaka says is true, then you know she did air magic yeah. right then. But maybe people didn't get that was what the concept yeah. was. Well, I agree. Yeah. Or but you wonder if they did though. I mean, I, that's the thing I wonder. Like I wonder. I wonder if does Chocolaka say anything about like nobody else knows this? Not like when Dare kind of says, you know, to to Josh when she's teaching him air magic, you know, this is something that I'm sure the witch never taught Sophie. Tells her about the fact that that there is no such thing as magic, you know. When she says that to Sophie, 
I wonder how many other people actually know that? Like how many other people kind of get the fact that that it, it really doesn't have anything to do with an air, you know, fire, water, but they're just not as powerful as Sophie to be able to conjure and work all three like that, you know, or Josh. Right. So, and they well, have their I natural have, elements. And, right, and exactly. you have to really understand the individual magics as well, I think, because she kind of explains that when she's ta- trying to get her to yeah, – You um, have to understand it, but – yeah, well, no, well, she's trying to get her to grow the flower, and she's like, okay, you know, you grow the flower. Well, did you use, was that earth magic you use, or did you use water magic because, you know, earth, you know, flowers need water to grow, you know? Uh, it's it's like a vague area of, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is part no of magic. The... I mean, it's There's... the flamels certainly don't know because they wouldn't have had to bring them to all the yeah. different people. Well, to try and to I learn. think part of the yeah, issue is like, you think about it, imagination is something kind of that children tend to have and you, most people kind of lose it as they grow older and Shakespeare is the one person right. that has like this crazy imagination but if you want to teach somebody magic that has zero imagination like how do you go about doing that well you have to give them something to focus on so if you give them something like an element to focus on that kind of helps them focus their thoughts and their imagination. Yeah, right. to... it, it, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, yeah. like a trigger, like a trigger. That's tattoo. kind of how I see right. it. Is like, you know, it's almost like a little bit. Well, and it's even like Flamel even admits it. He says, you know, I I, I never studied, um, you know, the arts of magic and things like that because he, he admits that he lacked the the imagination that it, that it requires. That's why right. he was a book a book study guy and he you know studied alchemy. Because he literally admits that he lacks the imagination to, to perform the magic. And Abraham actually, you know, he actually insinuates at the end when he's talking to everybody, he insinuates something about the bard and, and looking at Shakespeare and his imagination and that Palamedes and Shakespeare are going to need each other because he's going to need to protect him. But they're going to need, you know, Shakespeare's, you know, imagination at some point, basically, you know, they kind of alludes to that fact at the end of the book. So. Right. But yeah, that whole scene is very enlightening from um, Shagalaka Sagagala, um, you know, yeah. Agnes person, double, old lady thing. Double a. You know, yeah, sh- that it's very enlightening to the whole, ma- you know, the, the the reasoning and the the thought behind what the element of magics are, right. or aren't, or aren't in this case. I love that that fact that you get kind of with her, with like double A, with A and Agnes and with, you know, kind of Gilgamesh, you know, definitely, you know, you figure it out. They're human, they're humani and, and the, some of the first people and blah, blah, blah. But I love that scene where they're in the barbecue and then it, you kind of get it. Is it a respect thing that everyone's just really respecting her or is it that they fear her? Like, is she actually powerful? Did Abraham teach her some stuff they you know you never really know which one is which you kind of think maybe it's i think it's a little of both it seems like she's the mom you know the thing the 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 respect she's grandma mom that you don't is garnered by fear i mean that's really that's really what it is so they definitely fear this woman so Um, what can she do that's my thing like what can she do you know and that's kind of i thought that was kind of cool so yeah yeah i mean you know she's definitely she's definitely a force to be reckoned with you know because they all of the elders and everybody they 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 all like you said re- quote unquote respect her. Um, I think it's more fear than I anything. I think I think like you said it's a little right. of both. Yeah. Well, I mean you can't you can't really you can't really have one without the other. I don't think. 
But not no. in that sense. Always a little bit of, there's always a little bit of fear if we're in in the respect aspect. So, and there's something there. I mean, look at that scene at the end with Gilgamesh out on the you know out on the platform just crushing the on page, yeah. you know. He's kind of awesome. Yeah, kind of, yeah he's yeah. kind of awesome. And, and and speaking of Gilgamesh, I mean, how about yeah. him being Merlin? <laughs> right. That was a little bit <laughs> of a, a little, surprise. A little hidden. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll need a little confirmation from from Michael yeah, on this it's, one. It's 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 yeah. implied. It's, it's, it's implied that, that, that he's Let's not Merlin. confirm it on here. <laughs> They're asking. Uh, there was a lot of people around Arthur at the time, so I mean, it, it yeah. was. Uh, Agnes I mean, was saying I mean, how he was he around was. Arthur during that. He right. was in England at the time of Arthur, and yeah, was close to Arthur and whatnot. And I put well, two he was and two close to Arthur, and, and then that Gilgamesh was somebody on the forum said that he had mentioned he was involved with rebuilding Stonehenge, which also Merlin was involved with. So I, I think I think there's a definite connection there. Well, he didn't. I don't. He didn't say rebuilding. He said he's building. I'm sorry. Oh, building. Well, he could have yeah, built yeah. it and then rebuilt it. I mean, the dude's no, lived for. I understand that. I was just, <laughs> I was just clear. I was just clarifying. The dude's the oldest in Humani. He's, he's the, the first Humani. I understand that, but there's nowhere in the book that says Gilgamesh when. Gilgamesh is Merlin. No. No, and it says <laughs> and never in the book that it say when Gilgamesh lost his aura. That's true. So, how can Merlin, who performed magic, be Gilgamesh, who has no aura? So. True. There's 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 a little bit of roadblock there. Possibly, but, yeah, it's obviously possible, and there is definitely an allusion to that. I think uh, Jeff pointed something out to to me when we we're in a in a different conversation about how Gilgamesh is in charge of protecting the Newman boys. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And if he was assigned to protect yeah. Arthur, does that mean Arthur yep. real last name isn't Pendragon? It's Newman. Or, yes. or Josh's <laughs> well, last name is. Really, I mean, he said that you know Arthur is a gold. We know that. We I guess we assume that. Yeah, at least we know he's a gold. We know he's a gold. Yeah, we know he's okay. So he's a gold. Josh is a gold, and we know that Gilgamesh was was charged out. with not protecting not charged, him. but was in yeah. Yeah, it's his job, so he's charged with it. And um, you know, he goes to. He goes to to England and 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 to uh, you know King Arthur's side. But the interesting thing I find about that is he doesn't go there. It says that he 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 doesn't go there until after Scaly had helped him onto the throne. Mm-hmm. Then he went there. So if he was supposed to be watching him and and watching over him, maybe he didn't know about him. That's a possibility. Yeah. Until Scaly found him, and then Scaly tells Shakalaka about it. And you know, they, mesh, they, yeah. yeah, and they come over, so that's possible. But yeah, I mean, Josh could be a descendant, a direct. Well, descendant let's be let's be honest. I mean, Gilgamesh hasn't done such a bang up job watching over Josh either. I mean, he didn't show up till the yeah. third book, so. <laughs> I, no, I think he definitely. I mean, it says Agnes says that you know he said now, he'll never leave. He'll never leave, and he hasn't. Not so after Arthur, his, his mind mean, is obviously yeah. fractured. So he kind of gave the job yeah, up. After, exactly after. Uh, this all plays into my original, like one of my original theories from this series with the whole how uh, Palamedes and Germain and Shakespeare are kind of the new knights of the round table. Where if you think about it, the old knights were like Arthur's guard, the knights of the round table. And now with Josh, if Josh is a descendant of Arthur, you know, if you think of, you know, Josh's guard would be yeah. 
right. Gilgamesh, the and, uh, Gilgamesh, um, the, the, the except Josh knight, is on the wrong side right now. Shakespeare and Germain. Yes, but <laughs> the metaphor still works. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I think one of the the more surprising things for me was how the, the scarab pendant was used, because we we kept hearing it being yeah. brought up, but then it was, and then in the end, it was actually used to give Nicholas another day. I just thought that was, yeah. And it, the the pendant goes all the way back to yep. Abraham, and when he gives it to um, Shakalaka and says, "Hey." You know, you hold the future of the humani in your hand, and he gives her the the jade beetle. Right. <clears throat> and um, what what I thought was really great when I I, I didn't really pick up on it um, the first time I read the book, but I was going back through and doing some research on the jade beetle, and I picked up that um, the the path the jade beetle has taken. So Gagalaw kept it until she stowed it to Scatty, and yeah, I guess charged her with with watching after it and and being the champion of the Humani, and uh, and then the funny part happens is uh, Ifa steals it from her, Scatty steals it back, and Ifa steals it, and Scatty steals it, and then Scatty gifts it to King Tut, who dies the very next day. Interestingly, mm-hmm. curious. Um, yeah, breaks in, gets the Jade Beetle back, then gifts it to Perry. Who then gifts it to back to Sagagalal, um, who read it originally, <laughs> and then it winds up on her dresser uh, in the room where Nicholas needs it to be given another day of life. And so, with, and with others, you know, Perry knows what to do with it. Yes, yeah, she knew exactly what it was and what to do with it and everything. So, and if you can store um, a day of know, life I into it, that, I, yeah, I theorized that she, you know, kind of was told what it was and how what happened with it and every what to do with it and everything from Scatty because I I don't know it is kind of interesting to me that Scatty gives the beetle to King Tut and then he dies the next day it's it's very clear that is how it happened it was used to give him a day of life yeah I I'm theorizing that it was that she gave it to him to give him a day of life an, an extra mm-hmm. day of life to do whatever I don't know but if that's we'll true then Scatty yeah, if that's true, then Scatty, you know, Perry found out how to use it from or, Scatty. Or, yeah, or I mean, it it's possible she found out from Marethu, too, because he told her her future fate, you know, that one day she would yeah. she would have the she choice have to, to, to live two fault. days yeah. or give one, her, one of her last days to Nicholas. So it's possible it came from him, too. Yeah, and he may have, yeah, you're right, he may have told her how to use it. Sure. So. Absolutely. So I think we have yeah. one mm-hmm. nagging question about this book. Who is the warlock? Machiavelli. Who, indeed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm with Sean. It's Machiavelli. I... Yes. You don't know what I got. I agree, and I actually (laughs) went back and looked at the couple instances where people said they were Warlaga, and the very first instance that somebody says it was actually Machiavelli in the book, so I think that's probably right. Well, but he says it, yeah, and he kind of says it in a questioning manner. He was like, like become, he didn't want to be it at that point, though. It's like become and become Werelaga, you know, kind of thing. Right. But yeah, you're right. He's the first one that says it, and um, you know, there's been some talk on the forum about the gravity of of whose choice to become a warlock because we, we've got we've got the uh, the three main oath breakers. I mean, obviously, um, Ten specifically says 
you know, pretend the, the well. The, no, it doesn't it has a nice ring to it. It's got a nice ring to it. He specifically uh-huh. says that. So you know, but see, Akin's I thought always, that Marefu said, "I need you to become where Logan." Yeah. Yeah, but he actually, when he gets yeah. caught, when yes. he gets yeah. caught, and Anubis but catches him calls him that first. He does. Whereas Machiavelli is the only one to call himself. Yeah, and then Billy chimes in and says, "Well, I like the sound of that. Maybe I'll be one too." You know. Yeah. Right. Anyway, regardless. Yeah. Anyway, we've got the three options of Billy, Machiavelli, and Aten. Um, all three of them at one point either say they are a, werelo- a warlock or allude to liking to being a warlock. So well, we've got the, the first, the first instance, though. I mean, obviously, the first instance is. Is is Mars? I mean, right? That's the first instance because that's when Zeph, Zephaniah yeah. says that. So that's the very first instance. Is in the beginning of the book. This world needs another warlock. Or well, you know, so and, and you know, and we kind of forget that. We kind of we kind of forget that because we know for a fact from Michael yes. that it's well. That, and that the Mars word warlock is not used. She says the world needs a warlock. Warlock. So, she does. You're right. Yeah. I mean, take that as you will. Right. <laughs> but. Yeah, so we know from Michael that it's not Mars. So, you know, it, yeah, you're right. We do kind of forget that, 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 you know, he is a warlock and all that. But, you know, of the three, you know, there was there was talk on the forum about the gravity of their betrayal. And obviously, Aten's betrayal of, you know, the entire elder race and da- the, the entire island of Danatalus, it would kind of generally be the bigger yeah. betrayal. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit bigger betrayal than uh, Billy or Machiavelli's betrayal, but in the same regards, I think I think that but I mean, just because Machiavelli is so freaking cool that that he's the warlock. But in I'm some just, respects, Aten sort of already did yeah. that. That's right. That's right. That's but that's where you get into that kind of time thing, right? You yeah. start getting in the time, yeah, which is more, which is more has vital. Already given up Danu Talis. It right. already happened once. Yeah. yeah. I thought about that as well. Because so, that's what I was thinking of. You start to think of the whole causality. Technically, factor, he already is. So, right. Yeah. Is was will be. It's all relative. So. But yeah, I'm so, going. I'm so going with Machiavelli. I'm going with Machiavelli. You think I said Mac way long time ago. So no, I said Mac oh, way a long time ago. Oh, okay. I mean, I was on the forum saying saying Mac, but um, yeah. I'm going to be different. I'm pretty I'm sure I did on the. I'm pretty sure I did on the predictions. I'm pretty sure I said Mac. Yeah, you did. You both said Mac. Most of us did. Uh, Chris said Billy, oh, and I wanted to say Billy, but then I decided to be different. I went with Shakespeare. So. Oh, right. If I say Billy, then because I'm Chris, so I say Billy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of. Chris. Who 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 won the predictions? Chris. Well, I think that Thanks, we are going to collectively yeah. uh, uh, honorary Chris with the title of winning the the predictions episode with her massive mind blow yes. of uh, of being correct on the Isis and Osiris being Osiris, being uh, Richard and Sarah Newman. So yeah, that was <laughs> plus yeah. Although... nobody saw that coming. <laughs> nobody thought Chris would win. <laughs> no. No, I liked it as soon as yeah. she said it, but I wasn't. I didn't take that step out there and make that make that call. So yeah, yeah. she she. I think she gets it for that. But you know, for the sake of um, statistics, the show and numbers, and statistics and numbers. Yeah, let's go ahead and and and, and recap and, and see what we got. So I'll do a quick summary of the predictions. So we agreed on a lot. 
We all said Josh would stay with D, which is correct. We also said Sophie would learn earth magic, which is correct. We all said Josh would learn air magic, although Sean said he would learn both air and earth, which he didn't learn earth, we know. We all said that Neaton would take Sophie back to Agnes's house. We also agreed on Marathu's plans for Scabby, Joan, Jermaine, Shakespeare, and Pally. And we all said that either Mock or Billy would betray, which again happened. But where the differences were was one of the big things, D finding out about the Codex pages. Sean and I both said that he would, and Jeff and Chris said no, so Jeff and Chris were right on that one. For the question, what's next for Perry and Nick and Prometheus, Jeff said that Nick might not make it out of the next book alive, which... Although he spent most of the book in bed, sick, clinging to life, he did, in fact, make it out of the book alive. With regards to Mock and Billy fulfilling their task of releasing the creatures, I said yes, they would. Sean said Billy would do it, but Mock wouldn't. And Jeff said Mock wouldn't, but he didn't have a prediction for Billy. And then we all differed on the warlock guesses. I said... My top three were Mock, Billy, or Shakespeare, but I ultimately went with Shakespeare, which there was no mention of him being a warlock. Jeff and Sean said that it would be Machiavelli, and Chris said it would be Billy, so we know there's a possibility it could be Mock or Billy. So, I do have to say, after the final tally, it was very, very close. There was four points separated between the winner and the person who didn't do as well. And coming in in fourth place with 10 points was Sean. Third place with 11 points was Chris. And there was one point separating me and Jeff, and Jeff won with 14 points, sadly. So there will be a rematch next year, Jeff. You're going down. I won. I believe it was Jeff. I believe it was, but I believe it was Jeff and Jamie were tied almost, right? Jeff and Jamie were tied. Sean brought up the rear. <laughs> no idea. Sean always See, Chris got the... everything wrong except she... for Richard and Sarah. No, oh, she had a right. couple. We're just announcing her as the she winner. She had a couple. Sean had a. I was right about uh, quite a bit. You were about half right. Bert wins. <laughs> I win. New guy wins. I'm good. So, congratulations okay. to the oh, winner. Yeah, Sorry. congratulations to the winner. Yeah. Sarcastic <laughs> clap. <laughs> Golf clap. Thank no, you very much. Not even. Good job, you guys. So, uh, that's basically all we have on uh, the wrap-up of the of the Warlock. Um, obviously, we're going to be going into more depth, depth with uh, the new characters and the new storylines you know, that Specifics. we... Uh, yeah, the very specific details. If we of went the into book. specifics on this, it would be like a four-hour yeah. podcast. Yeah, we'd be here for four hours recording. We're going to kick this off. Actually, on the next podcast, we're going to be covering uh, Marethew and his his path silver through hook. the. Uh, I think I'm going to skip yeah. that podcast. Atreyu, Atreyu, and his silver the hook. hook that must not be named. Um, so he who must it, not be hooked. Didn't I name the hook? Hold the forum. The hook. The pan. I named it like Bill or something stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. Um, sure, I said it. It had to be dumb. <laughs> Sean saying he's dumb. Awesome. So anyway, um, yeah. Please remember to uh, vote for us on Podcast Alley. We have confirmation. It's working now. 
that is working. Podcast Alley voting system is working. Uh, please jump and do that if you don't know. Uh, if you've joined us, you know, kind of after the whole breakdown of their voting system, uh, and you don't, you're not really sure how to do that, you can uh, go to the podcast page on the uh, portal, and there's a little button there that says "Vote for us on Podcast Alley." You click that button, and away you go. Uh, it's real simple. All you gotta do is put in your email, and they'll shoot you a confirmation email, and you follow the link in the email to confirm the vote. And, you know, we're good to go. We really appreciate those votes, too, by the way. And if we're not the number one podcast dedicated to Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, we won't yeah, be back next month. We won't be doing it again. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been able to make that threat. Speaking of which, we don't turn down any comments or reviews on iTunes or Blueberry.com. Uh, you can email us at uh, awakenings at flamels-immortal-portal.com. Or you can also email the individual uh, portalcasters at their first names at flamels-immortal-portal.com. And yes, ladies, her is included in that. <laughs> that's Woo! all the time we have. Yeah, that's all the time we have for this episode. Until the next legate opens, this is Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Bert signing off. This podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. Name that sound. Name that clap. Somebody just deleted the email. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> no, no, no. I was on mute. <laughs> 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 Sean on mute. That happens Sean, a couple like times a with someone. Do you keep like a list of like little things just to throw out there that kind of ends the mood? That was solid. <laughs> no, it actually was on mute. No, I was talking he's just minutes. that big of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, pretty I much. Have a, there's a little thing that has a volume control. I have that too. And a mute button on it, but it's just like this really yeah. cheek slide on it, and it just sits in like my lap most of the time. So if I shift. I'd like wow. mute myself. And I'm like, no one's responding to what I'm saying. So I'm <laughs> I think total micro machines guy. So he's like, <laughs> wait, we're supposed to have headsets. <laughs> get with the times, man. I have a dragon naturally speaking headset, but <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> that's See, that stuff works like not at all, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> no, Anyways, we're going to get through this podcast little by little. Don't know what I got. Don't know what you got. (laughs) Over. (laughs) I'm like echoing. Big time. Oh my god, I hate you. (laughs) Everybody's echoing. I'm getting the echo too. Jamie, what did you do? I didn't do anything. Oh, I'm getting. Ooh, Everybody's oh. echoing with. I have no echo. That's probably because that's computer. You don't know what I got. You don't know what. I got. Awesome. I heard <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
want to do that laugh all day. It sounds like there's only people in here laughing. Joy, you sounds like some burner running into you. <laughs> cut, cut that out. I don't know if I can do that. All right. <laughs> that's no, that's not all the time we have. <laughs> Until the next leg gate opens, this is Jamie, Jeff, Chris, I mean, Sean, and Bert. And Bert. All right. <laughs> and Bert. Did it not go in? Signing off. There was like silence, silence, oh. silence. So I said, Bert. Bert. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, Bert.